Welcome to Dead Pilot Society, a show that takes comedy pilots from A-list writers that were sold and developed at networks but never produced and gives them the table reads they never got a chance to have. I'm Andrew Reich, the creator and host of Dead Pilot Society. First of all, oh my gosh, thank you. Thank you to the hundreds of you who became new or are upgrading members during last month's Max Fun Drive. I can't tell you how much it means to me and to Ben and to Noah to know that you value the show and that you are willing to financially support it. We are going to keep bringing you great shows as our thanks to you. We've got one for you today. We'll get to that in a minute. Hey, how about uh, how about that Friends reunion special, huh? You could watch that whole thing and not ever be aware that there were writers involved with the production of that show. Or maybe that's just my perspective as one of those writers. Um, it did bring back some great memories. And uh, I don't know. I, I can I just say that we writers uh, have way more interesting stories to tell and way more explosive revelations than the fact that Jennifer and David were crushing on each other first season. I mean, we've got the juicy stuff, but uh, oh well, no one wants to hear from us. Our dead pilot this time is Voice of the People, written by Paul Shear and Andrew Guest. Paul probably needs no introduction. Many of you probably know him from his How Did This Get Made podcast, or you know him as an actor. He's been in everything. I mean... Human Giant, The League, Veep, Black Monday. Uh, He's also obviously a writer. Among his writing credits, he created the Adult Swim show NTSF SD SUV. Uh, Andrew Guest is no slouch himself. His writing credits include 30 Rock and Community and Brooklyn Nine-Nine and other shows I'm not cool enough to have gotten hired on. The pilot is about the world of cable news pundits. You know, I got curious about the origin of that word, pundit, because it's just such an unusual word. Turns out it's from the Sanskrit pandita, meaning learned man, which is pretty ironic if you ask me. It's actually true. It sounds like I'm just making shit up, but that's that's true. It's from Sanskrit, learned man. Um, This is a really sharp, really funny show that uh, HBO did not deign pick up to series uh but you're gonna really enjoy it and the cast the cast is all killer no filler sashir zamata from snl john clarence stewart from zoe's extraordinary playlist mark evan jackson from the good place uh paul Shear. uh i talked about him already kate mulgrew from orange is the new black vela lavelle from crazy ex-girlfriend jamie moyer from ap bio Nicole Byer from Nailed It, Judge John Hodgman, you probably know, uh, Carlos Alizraki from Reno 911, Eugene Cordero from Star Trek Lower Decks, Gary Anthony Williams from The Crew, and Eric Edelstein from Drunk History. I mean, it's just an unbelievable cast and a great, great pilot. Hey, um, Hey, if you want to see the people reading it, you probably can because you, you know, you're probably one of those many people who stepped up and uh, became a member uh, last uh, during the Max Fun Drive. But it, just in case you didn't and you want to see all those amazing actors and their Zoom boxes, 
just become a Max Fund member. For as little as $5 a month, you'll get access to the video, all of our bonus content, all of the video from all of these Zoom reads we've been doing over the last 15 months. Just go to MaximumFun.org slash join. All right, now enjoy Voice of the People. I'm Judge John Hodgman. And I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. Ten years ago, I came on Jordan Jesse Go and judged my first dispute. Is chili a soup? It's a stew, obviously. The judge has dispensed a decade of justice. He's the one person wise enough to answer the really important questions. Like, should you hire a mime to perform at your own funeral? After they cry, I want them to laugh. Do you really need a tank full of jellyfish in your den? They smell like living creatures decaying. (laughs) Only if they are decaying. Yeah, which they will be. Real people, real justice, real comedy. Winner of the Webby Award for Best Comedy Podcast. The Judge John Hodgman Podcast, every Wednesday on MaximumFun.org. Okay, I'm here with Andrew Guest and Paul Shear. Uh, to read Voice of the People. Why don't you guys, could you just give us a little taste of what everyone's about to hear? Like when you were working on this and someone said, hey, what are you working on? What would you say? Yeah, well, Andrew and I, we actually were circling a a kind of a similar idea and we merged together and created this. I think we were, I mean, Andrew, we both kind of like this cable news space a lot. And in in particular, the world of punditry, the people you hear who aren't necessarily the host, but the guy who's standing, sitting next to the host, who's got a lot of opinions and very, you know, and I have a friend who was an ex-pundit and used to tell me that people would Google right before they go on air, the topic to have something to say. And it just blew my mind that, you know, we, we think that these people know what they're talking about. It was kind of amazing to see that basically they are basically waiting in a, in a green room to be sucked into all these different shows and being presented as experts when they are simply not. And where was this set up? This was um, Adam McKay uh, produced show uh, at Gary Sanchez at HBO. And uh, we had the unfortunate issue of handing it in literally the first week of the election or sorry, the first week of the pandemic at the height of uh, cable news, uh, like kind of on the rise. It was like building toward the election. I feel HBO's note was like, we are scared to do. Well, I shouldn't say that. Should I? (laughs) They were just nervous to do a news show. I feel like because it was sort of like, are people going to want to hear anything about news? Because we are like living in the swamp of it. Well, you guys have put together the most incredible cast to read this. And I say we just get into it. This is Voice of the People, written by Andrew Guest and Paul Shear. Our cold open. We're on the Voice of the People set. Brett Holmes stands in front of a typical cable news set. The markets have closed, the commuter trains have left the station, and all day you've heard people talk at you. Now it's time to have your voice heard here and now on Voice of the People. Brett jogs behind his desk and shuffles papers, which he will never refer to again. I'm Brett Holmes, the Voice of the People, and people, what a day it's been. Congressman Davis. Congressman Davis. Have you not learned your lesson? We go to a clip of Congressman Davis, 70s, white, and Southern, trying to avoid a scrum of reporters chasing him into an elevator. Congressman, do you think you owe the African-American community an apology for your racist remarks? Racist? I'm not racist. The African-American community loves me. I'm friends with Tim Scott. Y'all, you're racist for calling me a racist. The clip ends and Brett reacts incredulous. (gasps) Wow. 
Amazing. Not only is Congressman Davis refusing to apologize, he's now the spokesperson for the African-American community. I mean, the gall of this guy. He's just another rich white man who thinks he's got all the answers. Reveal two African-American panelists, Jeffrey and Wanda, sit listening to Brett. I mean, it is true. What the senator was, you know, when I was in Congress, an apology wasn't a sign of weakness. It was a sign of strength. I don't know if I've ever seen anyone so, so tone deaf. Uh, Brett, it is tone deaf and the frustrating thing about it. Of course, you're frustrated. Of course, you're angry. Of course, you want Davis held accountable. Nobody should tell you how you feel about something. Wanda looks confused. Is Brett trying to mess with her? Let's get some more voices into this discussion. Brett's face is now in a box surrounded by the faces of Jeffrey, Wanda, and three other African-American panelists. Uh, Before everybody else jumps in, let me just say, Congressman Davis, I hope you're watching tonight. And more importantly, I hope you're listening. It is time for those in positions of power to listen. It's time for them to shut up every once in a while and really hear what other people are saying, because we're fed up. We are angry. The African-American community is not satisfied with your non-apology. All the panelists nod uncomfortably as we transition to opening credits. And that's the end of the cold open. Act one, we're in a coffee shop. Ricardo nervously clutches his mug. Which is when I heard the mayor's chief of staff say, who cares about the water in Parrington? It will be years before they even realize what happened and they'll just blame the next mayor. An unmanicured female hand pushes her recording device closer. We reveal Lucy Whitmore, intently listening, jotting down notes on a steno pad. And that's when I reached out to you. I read all your City Hall pieces. I knew you'd understand. Right. Just to be clear, you're saying the mayor's new waste to energy incineration is not only slowly poisoning its workers, but it's doing more ecological damage than a landfill? That's right. And it doesn't stop there. There are other people in that office who have seen many oh, things. Ricardo. Lucy turns to a server delivering two drinks. Excuse me, sir. Uh, are those plastic cups? Uh, yeah. Okay. To customers dining in, do you know that we are in a global environmental crisis? Uh, uh excuse me. I, I'm, I am just the server here, ma'am. Wow. Just the server. Okay, we are responsible for our actions on this planet. Uh, Look, maybe we can just keep a low profile. I don't want anyone to see us together. You're fine. Just give me a minute. A manager approaches. Who's yelling? Ah, no, not you. That's the thanks I get for helping you see the light about plastic straws. The customers hate those paper straws. I hate them too. But you know what I hate even more? Not having a planet to live on. Maybe it's time we boycott this place. I should go. No, no, don't go. We need to finish this. Your voice will be heard. This story will be told. We are the truth tellers and society dies when we give up. Out! And we cut to the bullpen of Village Weekly. Lucy carries the morning editions of all the newspapers as she makes a beeline through the Village Weekly's decidedly unglamorous and windowless newspaper bullpen. Lucy approaches the door of the editor's office just as three well-dressed people are exiting mid-conversation. Don't try to expense those papers. We don't cover that anymore. Well, good morning to you, too. We cut to the editor's office. Lucy enters distracted. Got a big break on the mayor's story. Let's hope these new asshole owners don't screw it up. And we reveal Greg Crawford. Mid-40s, but looks mid-30s and dresses mid-20s. Hiya, I'm Greg Crawford. I'm one of the new asshole owners. Oh, hi, Lucy. 
That's embarrassing. Where is Kate? Over here getting shit canned. What? Lucy, is it? Greg shakes Lucy's hand. Jesus, what's all over your hands? It's a newspaper ink. Sorry. Go green. Go digital. Uh, uh, I'm trying to support the print industry and I'm going to offset all this. with. Wait, you're getting rid of Kate? She's the heart and soul of this place. She's the reason I got into journalism. Well, we all love Kate, but the Village Weekly is entering a new phase of growth. And that means some painful but necessary changes. Luckily, I'm not getting paid to listen to this bullshit anymore. Good luck, Lucy. Fuck off, Greg. (laughs) Gotta love her. A lot of spunk. She'll be fine. Um, Let me tell you what about what we've been thinking. So our concern is that local news is not really shareable, right? It's not a moneymaker. And we're thinking big picture news that pops. So since I worked at Weinstein before I came over here, I'm bringing a feature film sensibility to to the stories we tell. Does that make sense? Pieces that lend themselves to a show or a movie or a podcast that could be turned into a show or a movie. That sounds disgusting. The word you want is disrupting. So let's hear about this, ma- this mayor story. Uh, well, one of New York City's new eco landfills isn't following groundwater sampling analysis. The mayor knows and is doing nothing. Mm. Mm, sounds a little flinty. Like Flint, Michigan. Yeah, this is this is huge. No, no, I meant that in a bad way. Like people have been trying to make Flint a story for years. Make Flint a story. It's a catastrophic environmental scandal that that no one cares about. But journalism is about exposing people to the truth. If you don't care about that, then you might as well fire me, too. It actually might be better for your unemployment if you quit. Fine. Then I quit. OK, hold on. Oh, no, no, no. Come back. Um, you should take a culture media portable charger. They only work with Android devices. Fuck you, Greg. I love the energy of this place. It's it's so, so downtown. And we cut to the double Windsor bar later. It's a journalist media hangout. A despondent Lucy sits with Dottie Hope. Can't believe you quit. Yes, queen. Yay. It's the death of my career. I'm 35 and my sister is the co-signer of my lease. Probably not the time to be standing on principle. No, this is an opportunity, girlfriend. You need to sell yourself. I have been saying that for years. You realize that's the exact opposite role of a journalist? Sweetie, look at me. I have my podcast, my on-air stuff, and my history book. It's not a history book. It's a book about lunch. It's the history of brunch, and my editor said it reminds her of early Joan Didion, so... Great. Good for you. Your career flourishes while mine is dying a slow, painful death. Much like the people in Parrington who are slowly being poisoned by our lovely mayor. Oh, no, I like her. She's fun. Did you read her piece, Passing the Bar in Women's Health? It was all about how she used the bar method to pass the bar exam. And those pictures were hot. Okay, just because someone is hot or funny doesn't mean that they actually do things. (laughs) Tis true. And the lesson I learned on Raya many times over. So just let me help you. We need to make the Lucy brand. And it starts right now. You're going to owe me. Look. We angle on Frank Timms ordering at the bar. Okay, that's Frank Timms. He's the producer of Voice of the People. I hate that show. Brett Holmes is a loudmouth Republicrat. God forbid they have a real journalist for once. Oh, no, they have me on a lot. But it's Frank you should talk to. He is super connected. He knows everyone. I bet he can help give you some leads. I don't know, Dottie. I, no, trust me. You'll just you'll be my charity case. Frank, come meet the best journalist in New York City. Frank looks up and heads towards them. 
just put on some lipstick or do not own any. Okay, just take mine and don't mess this up. If you want in the game, you gotta play the game. Oh my God, I'm using that. Frank Tim's approaches. Frank, meet Lucy. She just got fired. Lucy, Frank, Frank knows everyone and half of those people actually like him. <laughs> well, I have to scoot. I have a lunch with Hilton Owls because we're friends. You know, you mention it all the time. Uh, so you're a journalist. What are you working on? What do you know about anaerobic digestion in regards to waste reduction strategies? Later, Lucy passionately talks Frank's ear off. Frank looks bored. And she doesn't care because the only people getting sick are poor. I got to tell you something. I really like that you're diverse. Diverse from what? All right. So look, you're looking for work, right? And Brett's going to be talking about the new crop of presidential candidates and the mayor is most likely to run. And you know a lot about the mayor and you're diverse. So we could use you. I'm sorry, but you're the devil. No offense. Oh, are you kidding? Tell people I'm the devil. That would be great. Uh, I mean, people do wonders for my career. But you're catching at me at a very vulnerable moment. I would actually consider doing your show. No, I'm, I'm the one offering the favor. If you'll let me mention Parrington on air, it's a huge story. Okay. If you can segue to Parrington, no one's going to stop you. Okay. I will compromise myself to do your show. Lucy sticks out her hand. Fuck it. We'll give you a shot. Just don't freeze up on me. We'll send a car at 4 p.m. tomorrow and... You know, wear something without a stain. And we cut to the backstage hallway at Voice of the People the next day. Frank Timms is heading toward his office with his assistant Nandy in tow. Eddie Johnson, in full makeup with over-the-top on-air hair, stops him. Eddie, my favorite pundit, why are you here so early? I did a spot on Morning News with Chris and Katie. And you kept that makeup on for four hours afterwards? If I learned anything from my time on Survivor, it's always be prepared. You never know when a satellite feed will go down and they need an in-studio expert. Always thinking. Glad I caught you. Is it possible to sit down and chat in a little bit? Of course. Anytime. That's what I'm here for. Mm, thanks, Frank. You're a doll. Eddie crosses off. Frank's assistant, Nandy, turns to him. Oh, should I schedule a time for Eddie today? No, no. Of course not. No, Jesus, you don't meet with the enemy before you know how to defeat them. I thought you were friends. Frank shakes his head and walks away. Oh. At the Anthem Boutique later, Lucy is on her cell. Just because I quit doesn't mean our story is dead. Watch Voice of the People tonight. I'm going to get the truth out about the mayor. And once it's laid out on TV, people will be lining up to publish our story. Trust me, Ricardo. Vanessa, Lucy's sister, strolls up with a dress as Lucy hangs up. Ricardo? Ooh. He's my source on the mayor story. He's worried. People at work think he's been speaking to the press. Which he has. Yes. And at this point, the only thing that might actually save his job is getting the story published with his name on record. Wouldn't that be worse? No. Once it's all out there, the optics of firing him become much more complicated. Great. So it's all good. Now... Try this one. It screams sexy, smart, just about to publish a scathing political takedown. Yes. I can't just wear what I normally wear. Oh, God, are you kidding? You were going on TV. This is a big deal. You can't dress like Adam Sandler. Look, I told you I'm on a clothes freaks. Fast fashion's global implication is huge. Okay, yeah. Okay, then buy it, wear it, and then return it. And lie? Oh, God, you used to be fun. I feel like puberty ruined you. You grew a conscience instead of tits. I'm buying this. Mm -hmm. It's a little embarrassing that I have my younger sister supporting me. 
Who cares? When you think about it, Jeremy is the one supporting us both. You know how much I got in that divorce. (laughs) And they say tech doesn't pay. It does. Literally no one says that. Look, I know the show isn't perfect, but you're a great journalist. Don't get in your own way. You are going to go on that show and you are going to kill it. And if you get close enough to Brett, you can punch him in the dick. Listen, it's a win-win. I'm also just nervous. I'm going to be terrible at this. I need help figuring out how to make my points pithy, bite-sized, and cable newsy, like this guy. Lucy pulls out her iPhone and shows Vanessa a clip from Voice of the People. Donald Liu, a slick, basic cable pundit, addresses the panel. I mean, if the president thinks a trade war is going to help the economy, then uh, he might want to trade in that thought. <laughs> Although I don't think anyone's buying. I need a clever turn of phrase like that. So what do you think of... Mayor Leonard's record on the environment may look rosy, but it smells much more like the manure you would use to grow the roses, because that's more along the lines of what is sleeping, seeping into the groundwater in Parrington, New York. We should definitely lean into the sexy dress. Did you get a little sedentary during uh, the last 15 months of quarantine? You a little afraid to maybe check your step count? We got something that could help. Lifespan Fitness is dedicated to making fitness accessible and affordable. They believe that your office should help you work and feel better. And they help you with that with under desk treadmills and exercise bikes. Lifespan Fitness's treadmill and bike desks are going to help you make the most of your workspace. And a lot of you, you're probably still working from home. Right. So whether you're starting your fitness journey or you just want to stay more active while you're working, I know a treadmill desk might seem dangerous. It's not dangerous. It might seem hard to use. Do you know how to walk? You know how to walk, right? Look, most of this will become second nature within a week or so. And typical person walks between half a mile and two miles per hour. I, I know our listeners. You walk, you walk closer to two miles per hour, at least. Think of how many miles you can log while you work. You'll be happy to look at your steps. If you already have a standing desk or a desk you love, you easily just add one of these under-desk bikes or treadmills. But if you need a complete setup, Lifespan can also help you with that. I've got someone here who's been using one of these who can tell you about it firsthand. And that is the unsung hero of Dead Pilot Society, the man who makes it all actually happen, our associate producer, Noah Findling. Hey, Noah. Hey, Andrew. So you've got one of these under desk treadmills and you've had it for a while now. Tell me about it. It is so easy to use, so accessible. I live in an apartment and it is a perfect size for like a one bedroom, two bedroom apartment. We have literally stowed it away uh, uh, into the corner. It's very easy to move around. So if we have people over and we're like, let's put this somewhere else, it's easy to just lift up, roll away, put into another room, put into a closet. Um, It it goes under any table. Um, It's not that heavy, um, which I was very surprised with because I feel like you think treadmill, you think this is going to be very heavy. It really isn't that heavy once you are able to roll it wherever, wherever you want. Um, it, uh, it, it works well. It's nice. Cause like, you know, we live in more of a, a city area. So at night, maybe we don't want to walk around in the dark. Boom. We can, we could get some work done right here at our home and just and walk it out, get our steps in. You know, there's never a day where we're 
where we're not able to get our steps in because of this treadmill. You guys um, go for you guys go for romantic walks together on the on the underdesk treadmill. No, one person at a time. Okay, uh, I just uh, uh, that was just checking to make sure I you're know. being safe. Yeah, we're being very safe, one person at a time. Um, but we'll we'll tag team out, you know. She'll she'll my, uh, my fiance will jump in, or I'll jump in. Um, it's uh, like all right, I got I got my thirty thousand steps in. Tag, you know, your turn. Yeah, I'm doing about a hundred thousand steps a day now with this thing. Oh. Wow, um, that's 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 substantial. Yeah, I'm I'm walking on it right now. Actually, um, I've attached my microphone to the to the treadmill, and I'm just going for it. Um, but yeah, it's really it's so easy to use. It's very accessible. It's it's very uh, mobile. Um, I'm really really grateful that and happy that we have it. All right, so you heard it there from someone who's actually using it. Look, visit lifespanfitness.com and use the code DPS five at checkout for 5% off. That's lifespanfitness.com and code DPS as in Dead Pilot Society 5. Code DPS 5. All right, summer's here, people. And uh, the food gets really good in summer. I feel like I love summer because I like all the food that gets in season. Um, But I I just don't want to have to decide what to make. So here's the answer. I'm gonna help you make leading a healthier lifestyle easier than ever with satisfying home-cooked dinners with options that work around your lifestyle, not the other way around. You may have guessed already, but I'm talking about Green Chef. We love Green Chef here at Dead Pilot Society. Everything's hand-picked. It's got organic veggies, high-quality proteins. It's all delivered to your door, pre-measured, mostly prepped in insulated packaging. It's the most sustainable, sorry, it's the most sustainable meal kit offsetting 100% of its direct carbon emissions and plastic packaging in every box. I mean, they're really, the packaging is really, really very environmentally friendly, unlike a lot of other meal delivery services. So you can feel great about what you're eating and how it got to your table. I'm here with someone who has eaten Green Chef meals, who's, who's gotten deliveries from Green Chef, and that is our incredible associate producer, Noah Findling. Hey there, fans. It's me, Noah. I love Green Chef. Uh, I'm a vegetarian, and and they are are ge- they give you the best vegetarian meals, um, and and very easy to make, uh, and also kind of fun meals. You know, things that are like, oh, we're gonna do this and this and this and this. That's fun. Let's do that. You know, um, you know. Not- yeah, I feel like I feel that way too. It's like it's not like it's so dumbed down that it's just like, oh, I just like put a bag and some hot water. I feel no sense of accomplishment. It's not hard, but you've done something. You've like, yeah. you feel like, oh wow, I cooked. Yeah, you're like, oh my god, I'm gonna make a sauce from scratch with these ingredients. I've never make, I've never made a sauce. I'm a sauce guy now. Um, so that's really special. I mean, they have like mushroom and pepper banh mi bowls. I like those. Korean fried rice with kimchi. I'm a big kimchi guy. Harissa tofu sandwich. And that's, really- some of the, that's some of the vegetarian options, which yeah. is great because I feel like I was a vegetarian for many years and the hardest thing was just deciding like what to eat so you're not just eating like French fries and, you know, grilled cheese for, for dinner. Yeah. yeah. But this, and if you're not a vegetarian, you want to, I've done it. I've done this sort of, I like to eat mostly plant-based, but not completely. And uh, sesame ginger salmon uh, was delicious. Um, and then on the veggie side, these black bean and sweet potato tacos. I mean, it's just fresh, really great flavors, uh, easy to make. So good. Yeah, they're really easy to make. We And they're, it's kind of a fun date night thing. I make them with my fiance. We have a great time doing it. And it's just nice to like kind of come home and be like, oh, there's 
there's some pre-planned meals for the week. We don't have to go to the grocery store and say, okay, what are we going to make? It's, it's kind of already there. Um, yeah, so it eliminates some of the uh, some of the fighting that you guys would otherwise be doing all the time. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It may you may help you. You know, Green Chef may help you actually uh, get to that wedding. Yeah, it may help us. It may help us finally get married whenever we do do that. Uh, you know, it's just nice to have one of those decisions taken out of your life. I mean, you still have to decide because you know you get a bunch of meals. Which one are you going to make first? Um, but they all, you know, when I get these boxes, it's always exciting. Everything looks great. Uh, it's all fresh. It's all just feels very clean. Um, you know, this is a great, great meal delivery service. And for you Dead Pilot Society listeners, we've got a pretty awesome offer here. You go to greenchef.com slash 90 dead pilots and you use the code 90 dead pilots to get $90 off. And that's including free shipping. So it's greenchef.com slash 90 dead pilots and use the code 90 dead pilots to get $90 off your first shipment from Green Chef. It's really worth it. It's delicious. Do it. Bon appetit. All right, folks, we've got a Jumbotron for you this episode. And it is for someone who's a part of our Dead Pilot Society family, incredible writer and showrunner Mike Royce. And Mike's message to all of you is to watch Men of a Certain Age on HBO Max and One Day at a Time on Netflix. These are two shows that Mike's very proud to have been a part of. They're streaming and he would like everyone to watch them, please. That's really all the thought he put into this Jumbotron. But we would love it. If you're listening to Dead Pilot Society, you love TV and you will love watching both Men of a Certain Age and One Day at a Time. Do it for Mike. Are you ready to binge watch something old? The Greatest Generation is a podcast about Star Trek by a couple of hosts a little bit embarrassed to even have a Star Trek podcast. Hosted by me, Ben Harrison. And me, Adam Pranica. We get into the critical, the technical, the science fictional aspects of the show we love while roasting it and each other at the same time. We've completed an entire series about Star Trek The Next Generation and another one about Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and we've just begun Star Trek Voyager, so now is a great time to start watching a new Star Trek series with us. So subscribe to The Greatest Generation on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts, and become a friend of DeSoto today. Act two, we're in a Lincoln town car. At least Lucy sits in the back. The driver looks at her in the rearview mirror. There are waters in the armrest if you're thirsty. Lucy opens the armrest and finds a few tiny water bottles. She smiles and takes one. Lucy smiles, the perks of being a pundit. She struggles with the cap of the bottle. She can't get it to open. Lucy puts the water aside and stares out the window. The car is stuck in traffic and is just crawling along. Lucy smiles. Here we go, Lucy. Did you say something? Oh, uh, no, not to. I was just, uh, not, did you, did you say something? Lucy tries to open her water again. Nope. And we're in 30 Rock in the lobby. Two tourists take pictures in front of the large window dressing. Lucy walks past them to security. Lucy Whitmore, I'm here for Voice of the People. The security guard prints out a little badge for Lucy. The tourists turn to see who she is. Is she someone important? Lucy clips on her little badge and walks to the turnstiles with a smile and a wave. The tourists shrug. In the backstage hallway later, Lucy's lost. She stops a stranger. Excuse me, do you know where Studio 6 is? The stranger turns around. It's Brett Holmes. Oh, oh my God. I'm so sorry. I, I didn't mean to bother you. It's no bother. No. 
Brett Holmes. You must be Lucy Whitmore. What? Uh, Yes. How did you know? Frank filled me in. So I read some of your stuff. It's really smart stuff. Covering City Hall is a tough beat. You read me? I can't even get my close friends to do that. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Please. Thank you for doing this show. It's hard to find good journalists willing to stoop to cable news. What? No, that is that is so silly. You're so funny. I'm surprised our producer Frank isn't here to show you around. He's usually right where you need him. In the hair and makeup room continuous. Frank enters the makeup room and approaches Carl Davis. Carl, my favorite miracle worker. How you doing? Frank. Okay, talk to me about Eddie. Uh-uh, uh-uh. You know I do not do drama, Frank. I know, and I totally respect that. I do. Mm-hmm. See, I have got one job here, and that is to make people look, news people look like TV people, and with 4K, that is hard enough. So I'm not about to get involved in your petty high school bullshit. Life is too short. Look, I'm coming to you as a friend. Oh. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, we're friends now. Hey, look, Eddie wants to talk to me. So why? She wants to get paid. Shit. This is worse than I thought. Mm -hmm. She saw Donnie rocking that tag hour, right? She might have figured out if he can wear a watch like that, then he's making some money. What in the actual fuck? Okay, we don't pay either of them. Excuse me? Uh, Could you? What? What? What did you say? Look, you don't get it, right? Because you and I have real jobs, Okay. Those people, their hair on a stick, a dime a dozen. We scoop them up, use them till the audience gets bored and replace them with a new face and no one knows the difference. Isn't that slave labor? It's not slave labor if you're on TV. Oh, okay, thank you. Another white guy who's an expert on slave labor. We go to the green room moments later. Lucy's alone. She looks around, taking it all in. A real TV green room. Lucy sits down on the couch and stretches out. How many famous people sat here before her? Suddenly, Frank, Eddie, and Donald enter. Lucy pops up, embarrassed. Oh, hi. Frank, Eddie, and Donald ad-lib dispassionate hellos. Hey. Hi there. It's it's so great to meet you all. Lucy, have I seen you on Tucker? No. Lemon? No, I uh, have never done television before. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Uh, And you work at the Times, right? No, the Village Weekly. I heard they fired the whole staff. They did. (laughs) Okay, people, uh, let's go over tonight's topics. We're going to cover the new Republican health care bill, Syria, and start with Mayor Leonard. Is she a viable candidate? Uh, Now, start pretending like you're experts. Frank exits. Eddie and Donald instantly whip out their phones and start Googling articles. Sorry, are we supposed to know about all this stuff? (laughs) No, that's why we're researching. Yeah, all you need to do is uh, get some talking points. So, like, just Google an article and, you know, take a few uh, bullet points. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, you know, I actually was doing a piece on Mayor Leonard. She's not as perfect as you might think. Hmm. Personally, I'm not interested in taking down a female candidate, a peg, especially since she told me that I might be able to moderate her town hall. Right. I still fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah, Leonard is a boss. She retweeted me last week, and uh, I got much love for her. She got me 100 more followers. Hello. I mean, I, I don't hate her, but shouldn't we be talking about who she is? Warts and all? Truth to power? No. no. Famed American historian John Meacham enters. Oh, my God. You're John Meacham. I'm a huge fan. Your writing is so eloquent. I've actually just reread your last book. Oh, that's that's lovely. What the hell, guys? I'm on 5% over here. Some cocksuckers taking my socket. And we see that the wall socket is full. 
This is fucking ridiculous. What are we in Starbucks? I'm dying over here. Lucy fishes around in her purse and pulls out her culture portable charger. Would this help? It's got a full charge, but it's only good for Androids. Oh, perfect. You know, I'm an Android guy. John Meacham plugs his phone into the pocket charger and exits. Kiss ass. We're in the hair and makeup room later. Lucy, Donald, and Eddie are getting touched up by Carl. How much do you think Heilman's getting these days for a spat? Wait, wait, wait. Which one is he? Is, is he the fat one with the voice or the skinny guy with the bow tie? He's got an analyst deal at NBC, a big one. But I bet he makes most of his money from producing a Showtime show. That's where the money is. Yeah, but who the fuck watches Showtime, right? Should I wear a bow tie? I mean, that could be a fun thing, right? Fun. Yeah, I could use a thing. No one told me, but what do we get paid for this? What? Oh my God. How can you ask us that? That is so incredibly rude. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know. Eddie storms off. A PA, Vivian, pokes her head in. Uh, five minutes, guys. Donald starts psyching himself up. Get it. Get it, Donald! <laughs> Lucy nervously looks over her notes. <clears throat> Leonard is equal opportunity to inequality. Carl shakes his head. No. I know. It's bad. Backstage later, Lucy stands off to the side in the dark studio talking to a cornered Vivian, the PA. Most newsrooms have a culture of misogyny, and we don't have to talk about it now, but I am here, sister, if you know what I mean. Frank approaches Lucy. Vivian looks relieved. Okay, FYI, Brett is not in a good mood tonight, so do not mention the Knicks, do not use the word like, and try not to blink too much. Lucy's totally rattled. But break a leg and... uh, don't smile like that. It, it's really forced. On the voice of the people set, suddenly Lucy is on the air, sitting next to Eddie and Donald and across from Brett Holmes. Welcome to the Voice of the People. I'm Brett Holmes, the voice of the people. And people, it looks like New York's mayor is throwing her hat into the ring, but can she hack it on a national stage? With us tonight is someone who knows a thing or two about old Mayor Leonard, journalist Lucy Whitmore. Lucy, what was your favorite band in high school? I, uh, what? You're from Akron, right? Yes. That's my hometown. Got me thinking about all the crap I used to listen to. I'm not going to lie. I was all in on Speedwagon. Goo Goo Dolls for me, Brett. (laughs) Exactly. Donald gets it. Eddie, guilty pleasure band? Well, this is going to make me sound young. Of course it is. Of course it is. We know, Eddie, you're a baby. (laughs) (laughs) It's Katy Perry. Wow, that that is recent. I I do feel old. Lucy Whitmore, favorite guilty pleasure band? I don't really. um, I'm not a music Come on, you must have one band. You did go to high school, right? Uh, John Bovey. Interesting. John Bovey. John Bovey. Never heard of him. Now, Bon Jovi, I love. but <laughs> That's what I, I meant. I meant, I was trying to say. Uh, listen, Eddie, uh, Donald, let's all check out this John Bovey person. Maybe they're great. Maybe they're great. I don't know. I don't know. In the meantime, Mayor Leonard, does she have what it takes? Uh, you know, I think so. She says what she means and does what she says. Right. She's right. We need that. Yeah, well, if she was in high school, she'd probably be listening to We Are the Champions because she's hashtag electable. <laughs> nice. But the fact of the matter is. That oh, she- I'm sorry. Uh, go ahead. Yes. Yes, John Bowie. What, what were you saying? I'm sorry. What were you saying, John Bowie? <laughs> I want to I want to hear what John Bowie has to say. That's yeah, why too. we invited you on John Bowie. <laughs> I just think actions speak louder than words. I did a deep dive into her waste management records and. Uh, <sighs> Lucy sneezes a big, ugly sneeze. There's snot on her sweater. Whoa. Hey, uh, Brett, I think you got a little bit on your lip. Mm. 
Suddenly, the show cuts to an adult diaper commercial. In the commercial, two seniors walk through a park together. The man suddenly looks worried. Did you just make a big mess? And that's the end of Act 2. In Act 3, it's later. We're in the green room. The show is over. Lucy is alone and devastated. What are you thinking? Lucy looks at herself in the mirror and starts to cry. Just then, famed American historian John Meacham walks in. Oh, oh, uh... Oh, um, I'm sorry. Uh, no, 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 it, it's okay. No, it's, it's not. I'm a mess and a failure. Uh, well, okay, you know, there are many historical instances of journalists being terrible public speakers. In 1864, a man named... Frank enters. Oh, thank fuck. Here's your charger. <laughs> Famed American historian John Meacham makes a hasty exit as Lucy turns to Frank. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. Are you kidding? That segment was great. John Bovey, it's like a top five moment. What? Are you crazy? I looked like a complete idiot. Yeah, and it was hilarious. We already put the clip online. So funny, entertaining, and newsworthy, obviously. I don't know. I... Uh, what's, there to, what's there to know? Brett got to be funny. He loves that. It's his favorite kind of segment. Trust me, you were great. But we didn't even talk about the mayor. Who cares? Topics are just a jumping off point. Plus, I found out uh, she's going to be a guest next week. So we got to kind of stay positive. Are you kidding me? You're worse than I thought. You're not just unscrupulous. You're corrupt. Totally. You're right. So do you want to come back next week? No. Okay, cool. Frank hands Lucy a voice of the people hat and shirt. It's a token of our gratitude. We only have double uh, XLs. So uh, thanks for being part of the show and uh, send Dottie our best. Frank crosses off, bumping into Eddie. I love her energy. I know, so real. That night in Lucy and Vanessa's apartment, Vanessa scrolls through Twitter as Lucy stands with Maria, a housekeeper at the door. Good night, Maria. Maria exits. You have to start paying her health insurance. It's unconscionable. She only works for me one day a week. You sound like Uber right now. Oh my God, look at this one. They replaced Emilio Estevez shooting his guns in the Dead or Alive video with you sneezing. On Vanessa's phone, we see Lucy's sneeze clip has gone viral. It's been remixed with John Bon Jovi songs, inserted into Sesame Street, and one person examines it like the Zapruder footage. Okay, it doesn't stop. No, it's cute. I mean, on one hand, it is a little embarrassing, but on the other, you're kind of blowing up. Really? You think anyone can take me seriously after that? Yes, of course. I mean, I think it's endearing. We all sneeze. It's not like you're that racist congressman. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Bon Jovi retweeted your sneeze. He did? Is that good or bad? Anything involving Bon Jovi is good. Oh, he's fine. The next day we're in Frank's office. Frank and Brett are in close conversation around his TV with a frozen image of Lucy mid-sneeze on the screen. Eddie walks in. Knock, knock. Is this a good time? Of course. Uh, we're just re-watching last night's show. Oh, great one. I thought our run about the rally was really good. We can hit- Lucy popped, didn't she? Yeah, we got to have her back. She great, great energy. Yeah, great. And we beat Melbourne on MSNBC. Yes. Fuck that guy. <sighs> Don't let me interrupt. I got to do some cameos. He exits. Hey, um, you know, the network even called about Lucy and they are thrilled. I mean, Eddie, 
they love her. I mean, and they love when we bring in new people. Of course. I love it too. Yeah. It keeps the show fresh, you know, keeps Brett on his toes. It's kind of like our secret recipe, you know, when, when you think about it. Right. So, uh, yeah. So what's, what's up? What do you want to talk about? Well, it's a little bit of a thorny topic, but I've been talking to Donald and. Oh my God. You see his new tag? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's kind of where I was hit. Rental. What? I know. Embarrassing, right? I mean, this guy lives in a studio apartment in Jersey City and he's renting a watch. He can't afford to look like a big shot. It's like so pathetic. Like talk about Tucker Carlson 2016. Yes. <laughs> hey, just between us, don't tell him I said anything. I won't. <laughs> well, I really appreciate you making time to talk to me. Of course. I'm always here for you anytime. Mm-hmm. Frank shows Eddie out. <laughs> we go to the bullpen at Village Weekly. Lucy packs up her desk. Greg pops a seat on it. Listen, I know you quit and I respect that, but I just want to say great work on BOP last night. Really? I was terrible. Disagree. You should pitch us some more non-cancer drinking water articles when you get a chance. What are you talking about? You're a little star on the rise. And before last night, I had no way to sell anyone on any of your articles other than, you know, like what was in it. Right. No, thanks. Lucy grabs her stuff, turns, and sees Ricardo looking for her. Ricardo? Fired me. My career is over and no one knows the truth. You lied to me. I watched the show. All you did was sneeze. I am so sorry, Ricardo. I tried. I really did. Well, I was coming to find out where your new job was so I could yell at you, but now, seeing you here with all your stuff in a box, I kind of feel bad. No, don't. You should yell at me. Lucy Whitmore, you... You are... Forget it. I wish you all the best. Ricardo exits. No, wish bad things for me. I failed you. The next night in the stairwell, Lucy hoofs it up a very old and tall walk-up. Her phone rings. Hello? And we intercut with the hallway at Voice of the People. Frank walks down the hallway. I just want to congratulate you. What? You're a hit. Network loves you. We want you back on the show tonight. I thought I made myself clear. Wait, tonight? Yeah, someone dropped out. I'm kind of desperate. I normally wait until like a week to call someone after they blame me for ruining journalism, but in your case, you made an exception. <laughs> yeah, look, Lucy, it's not all bad. For every Brett, there is a Fareed. For every Hannity, there's a Chris Wallace. Use us. Think big. I mean, you're building your brand. You know, once people actually know you, you can go and do 20 minutes about Parrington or any little shithole that's being polluted on any network you want. Then you get a book deal and then Lupita is playing you in the movie and, you know, maybe... Tawny Newsom, if we're being honest. This isn't actually a good time for me. I'm heading to a retirement party for a real journalist with principles. Go to Kate Burke's apartment. In her cramped, cluttered one-bedroom apartment, Kate rubs rosemary on a raw London broil that looks like it's been sitting around for hours while she swigs from a large glass of whiskey and smokes a Parliament Light 100. Lucy stands next to two journalists in their 60s. This is Ron and Roger. I'll never forget being alone in the Soviet Union on New Year's Eve. I knew my room was bugged and I couldn't help thinking about the poor Soviet lug sitting in some sterile office park listening to my boring room on New Year's Eve, probably missing their families. So I say out loud, Happy New Year, fellas. A minute later, my phone rings. All I hear is a champagne cork popping. Oh, great story. Almost as great as the time Helen Thomas convinced Roger that sleeping with her would help his career. It didn't. Lucy gets a text from Frank. Should I send a car? She ignores it. If anyone has any Maureen Dowd stories, get them out now. She'll be here any minute. 
I didn't realize their broom traveled this far south. Thanks again for having me, Kate. I know we didn't get to work together for long, but I could tell you were an old soul. One of us. I don't know. None of you would have let down the source the way I did. Listen to me. Stay close to this Ricardo guy. Stories don't hatch overnight. He must have tons of other dirt on the mayor, and he's just being shit-canned. Journalists need the Ricardos of the world. They make the stories. This could be your ticket to something big. Seriously, you should call him. You're right. Listen, I know these days everyone thinks journalism is about tweeting and having a brand or whatever bullshit, but that's wrong. Journalism was, is, and will always be about finding the story and writing the hell out of it. Sure, you won't get rich. Maybe you'll face long stretches of unemployment and maybe no one will ever give you credit or know your name, but you'll get the truth out. And that's all that matters. Suddenly, Kate's 36-year-old son, Matthew, emerges from a walk-in closet with a mattress on the floor. When's the food going to be ready, Mom? I just put it in, Matthew. Relax. Have a drink. Ugh. Call me when it's ready. I'm hungry. Matthew goes back into his closet as Roger takes a bite of dip and winces. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. What is it? Lost a tooth. Roger carefully pulls a tooth out of his mouth, wraps it in a cocktail napkin, and puts it in his pocket. Yeah, I guess I'll be seeing a dentist on Monday. Lucy looks around the room and takes it in. The faces, the clothes, the weird drip from a pipe that runs across the ceiling. It's all feeling a little grim. To the bathroom moments later, Lucy closes herself in the bathroom and puts her back to the door. Newspapers are stacked in a corner. A journalism award sits on top of the toilet. Lucy pulls out her phone and finds Ricardo's phone number. Fuck. And we intercut with Frank's office. His phone rings. He sees the caller ID and smiles. Later from Lucy's POV, we see her entering the Voice of the People studio. Cameramen are setting up. Eddie and Donald are at the table. Frank watches smiling as Lucy walks slowly to her seat. She looks up. Brett is there, across from her, imposing as ever. The director starts counting down. Okay, in five, four, three. Brett hands Lucy a pocket square and gives her a wink. She looks unsure. She made the right call. End of episode. All right, I hope you enjoyed that and definitely come back next week for my conversation with Paul and Andrew. It's a good one. Dead Pilot Society is produced by me and my co-host Ben Blacker and our associate producer Noah Findling. Uh, If you like the show, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Maybe tell a friend. Tell a friend. You can follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at Dead Pilots Pod, on Instagram at Dead Pilots Society. Oh, for so many months I've been saying, you know, wear your mask and stay safe. And I think we're we're starting to come out of that. So wear a mask still when appropriate. Uh, But enjoy. Hopefully you're starting to come out of your shell. Breathe a little bit easier. Um... Uh, It feels good, but still, still the other things I've been saying still hold true. Find a way to help someone. Be nice to yourself. All right. Until next week, I'm Andrew Reich. Thanks for listening. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.